Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Wednesday, August 4th. You guys, we made it to August. Can you even believe it? They're trying to do the mask mandates and everything else. I've got some really cool uh, stuff from the news I want to talk to you guys about. In the meantime, I'm going to continue today with our summer replay series. This is part three of my interview with my friend, Alex Newman in progress. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Before we get into the last of this three-part series today, I want to remind you guys that I would love to hear your off-the-bench stories. You can submit those to me by going to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday and just write in there off the bench. You guys, we are hearing from more and more and more of you every single day that you're saying it's not enough for us to sit back any longer. I'm not just going to send my money. I'm going to start running for office. I'm going to start showing up to school board meetings. And guess what, you guys? You are making a huge difference. So I want to say thank you for that. Keep them coming. HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. All right, you guys, without further ado, here's part three of my interview with the amazing Alex Newman in progress. Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time focusing on where we go from here. Where do we go from here? We know the first step, step one, pull your kids out of public school. I hope you guys will enjoy this part three of my interview with Alex Newman in progress. Um, and so you decided you and your wife made the decision to homeschool your children. Uh, my husband and I made the decision to homeschool our, ch- our children, which was very, very countercultural in my family. I, I went to a, a private Christian school. My husband was uh, educated in a public school in Washington state. And we, after seeing what was happening in the public schools in Oregon, this is 24 years ago. We were like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I, we don't want our kids in that anymore. Um, and parents need to know that they can do it. And so for the but average mom and dad who are listening to this and they're going, okay, I feel really, you know, Heidi and Alex, thank you so much. But now I just feel overwhelmed. And I want to go in my room and cry. Uh, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. You know, the whole point of uh, me bringing people like you on the show is to open the eyes of people to say, you know what, your, your conscience, that little check that you have in your spirit, that still small voice that says something's wrong, something's wrong. Listen to it. This is, we're, we're trying to, you know, sound the alarm, but then what can we do? What can average people? So we know, you know, I talked about this before we started recording, right? Step one, pull your kids out of school and you don't have to wait. You can do it right now. Just go, Oh, look at that. You're done. And you can be done, right? Parents can pull their kids out at any point. Correct. That's absolutely right. Yep. The the laws are slightly different in every state, but there's no state where you can't pull your children out when you want to. Uh, and, and you used an analogy. I've, I've been using something similar for years. Folks, the school building is on fire, right? And, mm-hmm. and and if the school building was literally on fire, you'd say, oh my goodness, the, the physical well-being of my children is at risk. I think I'm going to start a petition or I'm going to run for school board. Or you know what? Maybe I'm going to write a letter to my state legislator and tell them I'm very unhappy with this fire that is burning my child to death. That would be ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? You would run into that building. You would grab your child and you would run as fast as you could to get them out of there. And that's the attitude that we need to take. And fortunately, we're very blessed to live in a free country where in every one of our 50 states, we can do that at any time. We don't have to ask permission. Maybe you have to send a letter, but, you know, figure out the laws in your state and then do it. And that's actually why we started uh, Public School Exit. Uh, we, we started this uh, last year. It's a ministry. We've got uh, some wonderful, wonderful people involved, uh, including, incidentally, people who came from the system, right? One of our, our board members was the superintendent of public instruction for the state of Arizona until last year. She says she went into it thinking, hey, I'm going to reform this and I'm going to stop this craziness. By the time she was done, she said, it's it's not reformable. You just got to get yep. your kids out. Right? So yep. 
Yeah. We want to be a resource to people. We've got you know links to where you can find the laws. I know you work with HSLDA. You're on the board. They they have some wonderful resources on that. Uh, we also want to help financially people who, uh, you know, we recognize that there is that tiny subset of the population that you know, really can't afford it. And and it's a small subset. You know, as a single mom, deadbeat husband ran off, left you with five kids. You're struggling to put food on the table. We understand. So we want to help out where we can. We have uh, partnerships with with private Christian schools. But our goal is to just knock down all of the barriers. So we address the arguments, you know, well, what about socialization? What about how do I afford it? All that mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, and we just want to kind of support parents in in making the right decision. So, yeah, it's so important. And for the parents who are uh, who are listening to this and they know that their kids are in the system and they've kind of just ignored it and kept their kids in that thinking it's not going to be my kids. Like, what do you say to the, to the parent? I hear this all the time, but my teacher's kid is good. Uh, or, or my kid's teacher is a great teacher, you know, or we've got a great principal in our school. What do you, what's your answer to that? Yeah. And I do hear that sometimes, especially when I'm traveling in, you know, very rural, remote, uh, very conservative areas of the country. People say, well, yeah, you know, that's how it is in, on the coasts and stuff. But, you know, we're in a tiny little right. district in Nebraska. That doesn't affect us. The reality is it may not be quite as bad, but we have now a, a nationalized and increasingly a globalized system of education. So it may not be quite as bad as California or New York or Illinois, but it's bad, folks. And I tell people, too, you are doing the equivalent of playing Russian roulette with your children, except instead of having one round in a chamber, you've got five out of six chambers filled. And that should terrify you. You I I serve on an advisory board for an organization called the Nehemiah Institute. And one of the things that they've been doing for decades now is studying worldview. And they've been studying uh, Christian children from Christian homes, two Christian parents, you know, love each other, think they're doing the right thing. uh, And the children go through 12 years of so-called public education. Well, something like 80% of them by the time they're done are going to leave the faith. They're going to leave the Mm -hmm. church. Are are you willing to take that gamble? Are you willing to risk that your child is going to be one of those 20% that makes it through? And they won't make it through unscathed. They might come out with their faith intact, but their worldview will be twisted. Their, their, academics will be miserable. I mean, don't believe me. Go look at the government's own data, right? The the Federal Department of Education, they put out the National Assessment of Educational Progress every two years. Don't take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. Less than a third, less than a fourth of our eighth graders, of our 12th graders are even proficient in reading, in math. You know, you think you're sending your children to learn how to read and write and do math. The federal government is telling you your children can't read, write, and do math. So what are they doing for 12 years, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to put two and two together, parents. And, and, you know, I say this with as much love and understanding as possible. But, uh, you know, parents, if you value your children, you must find a way. And I understand the struggles, right? And and you do too, Heidi. I mean, it is a financial sacrifice to to take responsibility for the well-being and the education of your own children. It means you're going to have to give some stuff up. Your house might have to be smaller. You might have to take less vacations. You might have to drive a 20-year-old car. Shoot, I would live in a cardboard box before I would send my children into this system. And I'm not exaggerating. So whatever sacrifices are necessary, your children are absolutely worth it. So pray about it. God will make a way and God will bless your decision to do what he calls us to do in his word. That's right. And where God guides, he 
always provides. And I know that this has been my testimony for the last uh, 20 some odd years that Jay and I uh, homeschooled our children. We took them out of the school system on a single income, you know, pastor salary. And there were many years even when it was very difficult. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I would not trade it for the world. It was the best thing we ever did for our children apart from introducing them to Jesus. And parents need to understand what's at stake. We've seen now, uh, I love your analogies. We've seen now that uh, if parents think that there's a virus, even a virus with a 99.9% survival rate, (laughs) we uh, will yank our kids out of the school system. And I'm telling them that the pandemic, the real pandemic that's in our schools is spiritual, it's emotional, and there's nowhere to hide. There is nowhere to hide. And parents, it's time to pull your kids out of school. There's just no, no other way to say it. Alex, what is, I got two other, two uh, questions for you remaining. What is the way forward now in education? You said, and I agree with you. I just had a guest on a couple of weeks ago and Dennis Prager and I were talking about this uh, about two and a half weeks ago when I was on his show that the education system, I believe, cannot be reformed. It needs to be burned down to the ground and built up from the from the bottom up again. And uh, I don't see that happening for a very, very, very long time. So in light of the fact that the education system, it's so polluted now and actually built on a wrong premise, as you really have pointed out very well today, what's the way forward? Where do we go from here? Yeah, I think you just hit the nail right on the head, Heidi. You cannot reform this. You know, when people say, the education system is broken. Uh, you know, I, I know they mean well, but I just want to shake them. No, it's not broken. It's working perfectly. It's doing yeah. exactly what the people who built it, who run it, wanted it to do. It's turning away. Uh, it's turning our kids away from God. It's turning our kids away from their families. It's turning our kids away from biblical principles, a biblical view of morality. It's turning our kids away from family and from morality and from even our country, right? I mean, they, they've now raised up a generation of children who hate their own country. One yes. of the freest, greatest, most amazing, you know, Christian nations that's ever existed. It is. We've sent more missionaries around the world to spread the gospel than any other nation in human history. And yet all these kids now want to burn down our country. So the answer is not to reform it. You can't reform it. What you need to do is start from the ground up completely from scratch. The system came from a poison seed. And so naturally it's producing poison fruit. You just got to chop the tree down, uh, you know, salt the earth and start a new tree somewhere else based on a proper foundation. And obviously the place to look for that is the Bible. And and I think mm-hmm. you know, if we had real choice, if we had a, a free market system, uh, secular indoctrination would collapse. Nobody would voluntarily send their children there. Almost everybody would pick uh, some sort of, you know, Christian school, religious school, whatever it is. Uh, that's what the market would demand. So I think we really need to think in terms of not saving the current system. We need to abandon it. And there is really good news on that front. I mean, just since the pandemic started, I'm sure you've seen this, Heidi, there was a poll released by Gallup a few months ago. The number of homeschool families in America has doubled just since the yep. pandemic started. The yep. the collapse in enrollment in government indoctrination centers is accelerating. You've got districts that have lost 15% of their students just in the last six or eight months. So this is happening now. We just have to make sure that they don't ensnare us with some other mechanism. Hey, how about some free money? Or you know, oh, we got to be very careful. So 
That was one thing that I am very grateful to have learned years and years ago. I mean, it's probably 15, maybe 16 years ago. Uh, my husband and I were the president of the Washington uh, State Association for Homeschooling. And so we got an invitation to go out to Washington, D.C. and learn how to lobby and uh, for, for homeschool freedom. And we went and talked to our senators. And one of the things that we sat in on and listened from HSLDA was to say what your your primary role when you go and talk to these legislators to let them know we don't want your money. We're doing just fine without it. We don't need your money. We don't want your help. We don't want your free curriculum. We don't want your online programs. We want any of it Amen. because it never comes without strings. That's right. And That's so exactly right. parents need to understand, you know, you got to do this on your own and you and you don't have to be alone. I think that's what parents so need to hear. You know, we've started here in in uh, the Portland, uh, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington area. Uh, the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center is completely privately funded, very affordable uh, because God's a, a good provider. God is a good provider. And where God guides, he also provides. And uh, we're looking right now at planning these in cities all across the United States. Our very first visitors weekend here for people, Alex, you should come out for people who are interested in looking to see what this model looks like. Uh, We're going to do that the second, actually second weekend in January, January 8th and 9th here at the Homeschool Resource Center. We're just inviting people. If you want to come out and see what we're doing, we want to show you because it's a feasible option. There are options and they should never, for the Christian, include taking money for the government where education is concerned. Uh, we need to make our own way. And boy, we've fallen into this snare, uh, this snare of saying, oh, good, free money. Well, that'll be good. Uh, and they're the government homeschool programs. They're not homeschool programs. They're just another way of getting the public school into your home. Uh, that's really all it is. And parents need to understand that. Alex, where uh, did, where do churches and pastors uh, go now? What should they be doing uh, during this time? Jay and I have had, I'm, I'm sorry to say, my husband was a pastor for 20 years. And so our hearts are with the church. We love the church. The church has failed parents in this area. Absolutely failed them and failed them abysmally uh, because they didn't have an interest in it. They didn't care about education. And when you brought up homeschooling, they were like, well, I don't know. There's some tithing members of our church whose kids are in the public school. We don't want to get into that fight, not realizing that education is the front line. And now that we know what is the role of churches and pastors right now when it comes to education. I'm so glad you asked, Heidi. And I think the answer is clearly found in the Bible. God tells us how we should be bringing up our children, how we should be discipling our children. It doesn't include handing them over to Caesar. Uh, Yes, we need to give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Jesus told us how to determine that. It's in the image of Caesar. Whose image is on this coin? Caesar's. All right, give it to Caesar. Is my child made in the image of Caesar? Absolutely not. My child is made in the image of God. Therefore, I need to do my best to deliver my child to God. And so pastors, I think they need to preach the whole counsel of God. Uh, What does the Bible say about education? Just read the scriptures. Uh, My friend Israel Wayne wrote a book on this exact question. What does God, or does God have an opinion about education? It's just packed with scriptures. Uh, One of uh, our board members for public school exit, Lieutenant Colonel E. Ray Moore, he's had uh, the Exodus mandate for 20-something years now, and he's been reaching out to pastors. It's actually one of our big missions at public school exit right now is to get uh, the leaders of the church, the pastors and the elders, 
to to get on board and to first of all sound the alarm. And I, I know a lot of them are, are a little bit nervous about oh you know I, we have some public school teachers in my church. What if what if they're offended? You know what the reality is that they know already. They're probably wondering yes. why you're not talking about this. Public school yep. teachers in America are far more likely than average Americans to homeschool or to put their children into private Christian schools. It's because they know. So don't worry. Just do what God has called us to do. And, and I think one area where pastors really can help is to come alongside parents. And there's a lot of different ways that can look. I have a, a pastor friend in Ohio. They have a, a, a fund in their school. So when there's a, in their church. So when there's a low income family that really is struggling, the church will step in and say, hey, we'll help you buy homeschool materials. We'll help you pay the tuition to put your child in a Christian school. Uh, that's one way. Another way is pastors can just start a school at their church. And there's real easy ways to do that. One of our board members uh, has the, uh, inst- the Independent Learning Academy down in California. They actually create like homeschool co-ops and, and schools in churches. Um, I I work also very closely with Freedom Project Academy. Uh, They can put an online school in your church. All you need is is an adult to kind of supervise the children. The kids can use computers and they'll get a a God-centered, legitimate classical education. So, so many different options today. It's an amazing world. There's so many resources and and I think pastors have a critical role to play. I'm with you, Heidi. I love the pastors. The the church is, is critical, but it really has failed in this area and it may cost us more than we even want to begin to imagine if we don't get this turned around quickly. Yeah, that's right. And churches have something that parents need right now, and that is a building. They've got a building that they're uh, not using, most of them, six days a week. And now with the Rona, all you guys closing your churches do not get me started. A lot of people aren't even using their buildings seven days a week. And uh, one of the things that we've done here for many, many years, going on 17 years, is help parents start homeschool cooperatives. My husband and I uh, helped plant over 60 of them around the United States and Canada and even over in Germany, trying to get homeschool cooperatives in churches and to uh, basically wake up these pastors and say, listen, you've got this building that's open. All we need are like three big rooms and you can make a difference. You can help these parents uh, go the distance in home education and feel uh, like they're actually able with the support of their church and with their community to pull their kids out of these government indoctrination centers and begin to turn the tide in the culture. And we've got to act fast. Uh, There's no time to lose. And I think, boy, now is never it's never been more important, right, than it is right now. Amen. That's right. We are uh, we are in an urgent situation, and I think everybody's kind of starting to realize that now with everything that's going on, the you know, the riots and the election. Uh, I mean, we might be on the verge of some incredible times. And yep. one of the simplest things any average parent can do to to play a, a an important role in getting us through this and, and helping to rebuild on the other side is to make sure your children get a good, God centered, real education. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, I want to just direct everybody's attention back to the book that you co-authored. And uh, that book, again, is Crimes of the Educators, How Utopians Are Using Government Schools to Destroy America's Children. Uh, these are the kinds of things that parents need to be reading. I mean, you know, put down your, your fun little novel and pick up something that's going to actually open your eyes. We talked about uh, Rob Dreher's new book that's been out now for a little while. And uh, again, just so important for parents. to That one's called Live Not by Lies. Have you read that? 
yet, Alex? I have not, but I've read some reviews and I'm very anxious to read it. So. Oh my goodness. That's probably one of the most important books I think ever written uh, about what's happening in the culture right now. And I just think there are people who are sounding the alarm. And my hope and prayer is that there that God will raise up uh, more people like uh, Alex Newman who are going to get out there and be, and it takes courage, doesn't it? it Alex, have you, have you noticed this to stand in the, in the culture right now and to stay, Hey, this is what's happening. It takes courage, correct? It absolutely does. But when you realize that uh, God is sovereign, God is in charge, and uh, God has given clear instructions, suddenly it makes it much easier. That's exactly right. God can be trusted. Alex Newman, it's been an absolute joy to have you on the show. And uh, I hope you'll come back again and let us know what God is doing through your efforts. I know a lot of people are going to be blessed. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. It's been a real pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for having me. And God bless you and all the listeners as well. Thank you so much. For more information on Alex Newman, I'm going to link back to all things Alex Newman in the show notes today. You guys can find uh, the books that we've been referring to. And also I will link back to his articles in the Epic Times uh, and to publicschoolexit.com. We want you guys to see that there are options. I think that's a, a huge reason why I brought Alex on today is to give you guys the history. You can So you can see this didn't just happen yesterday. It's been happening for a long time. The tsunami's here. The tidal wave is here. Pull your children out of public school. Thanks for listening to everybody. We appreciate it. Don't forget to leave reviews for the podcast over at iTunes and for any of the books that I have written over at uh, Amazon and wherever books are sold. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this interview with my friend, Alex Newman. This is part of my summer replay series. Next week, we're going to come back and air another one of the top five of the podcasts that we have ever produced here at the show. I hope you guys are encouraged by this. Sometimes I think, you know, it's better for me just to replay an old one than try to reinvent the wheel. And this was such a hard hitting interview. We got so many uh, letters from you guys and comments on this that we thought this is a good time to replay it. So I hope you guys will do us a favor. Uh, hit the share button on this, share it with your friends and your family, and then get off the bench and onto the battlefield for the sake of our children. You guys, we just don't have any time to lose. Thanks for listening to everybody. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.